Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Let's Get Mental podcast. Uh, we are the Young Advisors and today I am going to be your host. I'm Bri, hello, and I'm joined by Ollie. Hi. Uh, Harry. Hey. And Molly. Hi everyone. Um, so just to set the scene a little bit, today is the 11th of November um, and this podcast is obviously going to be about everything lockdown number two related um so for those of you who don't know the uk went well england went into uh, another national lockdown on the 5th of november um but all being well four weeks until the 2nd of december um obviously we were in and this is our second lockdown we went into lockdown um back in the spring for a few months so this is a not a shorter version um but yeah we just wanted to discuss how everyone feels about a second lockdown and almost do an update on our first podcast that we did um, that went out about a month ago now regarding how we felt about the first lockdown and the prospect of going into another lockdown because that's been something that's been talked about for a while. So how how is everyone feeling? You know, Harry, how do you feel about this, this second lockdown? Um, for this second lockdown, I was surprised it came when it did um I felt like things should have been I think like we should have gone into lockdown a lot sooner and I think it's confused a lot of people because it's not actually called lockdown it's um national restriction guidelines so there's a lot of rules like I'm still working nine to five um in the office like I'm in my own office so I'm not with anyone but like our, our center is closed to the public um there's obviously different rules and regulations about I mean you're allowed to mix with people at work as long as you're safe but you know you can't go see your family and um but me personally I'm a lot more chill about this lockdown um than I was the first one I think I was I think I was like in denial really about it even happening or that it would have an effect on me the first one and then it definitely did so after working through all that stuff um I feel like that this time it's come around, I feel a bit more like confident in myself to be okay, if that makes sense. Like I know what I'm doing. It's weird because Grimsby, where I'm from, um, today was like named the fourth worst place in the country at the minute. Um, and what's crazy is that during the first lockdown, we had cases, but they were nothing compared to everywhere else. Like, I mean, like under 10 cases. So there was this sort of attitude amongst like people in this town where it's like oh it's not here and then if you look at some of the actual um the cases and the numbers there was quite a few dates jotted down when we actually didn't have cases and then it skyrocketed and now every single person I speak to either has it or is isolating or knows someone who has it um and so I know for locally speaking um I think people have taken this as like a okay we really need to do this but then at the same time you have a a a large majority of people have gone oh well we've gone this long and we haven't had it so what's the likelihood of me getting it now and you know um there's a lot of like natural rebellion I guess going on and um obviously we went into lockdown on the 5th of November which was bonfire night and I swear to you I have never heard so many fireworks in my entire life than I have in this last week like, it feels like every single person is having a full-on firework display every night. Um, the last time I heard fireworks was, was it last night or the night before? Like, they've carried on after bonfire night. I think people are just trying to... I feel like the, de- the like the denial that I had the first time round seems to be happening a lot more this time round. And people are just sort of like, right, it's four weeks, get it over with, and it'll be back to normal. And it's just... Um, I don't know. There's just a weird atmosphere in the air, but I'm just trying to all I can control is myself and my own actions. So I'm just trying to stay positive and stay calm. And I'm thankful I've got work um, to keep me busy. Yeah, that's really important. And I think it's almost like we've been, become desensitised to the idea of, you know, coronavirus is kind of what you're saying. Like at the start, it was this big, scary thing that happened all of a sudden. And uh, now we're kind of a bit like, oh, right, yeah, that coronavirus. And we've been there, got the T-shirt with the first lockdown. So this one doesn't seem as scary yeah but like you know our um hospital is at full capacity um our ambulances 
are completely stretched. I, uh, my manager, her granddaughter, who's one years old, were, had uh, blue lips and blue hands, uh, was it last week? And it was the, the sign of a lung infection is really serious and really dangerous for a child, especially at that age. And it took nine hours for an ambulance to get to her. Um, and that was for a one-year-old. And they had said that they basically gave her, the, her mom the options of, you know, you can go into hospital, um, it's full of COVID, um, A&E's jam-packed full of people with COVID. Um, and they had actually spent six hours um, treating a man who had just had a heart attack inside of the ambulance because there wasn't a bed for him. So it's very much like when you hear those stories, those are the things that are sticking with people at the minute. It's like the actual examples of people dying from this, the knock-on effect it has on the NHS, the knock-on effect it has on ambulances and other people who are ill. Um, people are dying with COVID who have gone into hospital for cancer treatment or because of something else and they've ended up getting COVID and then that's killed them, you know. Um, and hearing about people my age who are in hospital with it, it's um, it's starting to hit home now, I think, for a lot more people, which in some weird way is reassuring me because I'm thinking like the case numbers should go down because people should be taking this more seriously. So um, when the facts are right in front of people's faces, it's a bit hard to ignore. Whereas before it was like, yeah, it's going on around the country and we're all having to lock down, but it's not really here. You know? Yeah, it definitely feels more, especially for us guys who are in the younger generation. I, I almost feel like this, obviously with everything um, about universities and the sort of pubs reopening and stuff, that's something we can maybe touch on a little bit later and how the youth are getting blamed for this second wave but I definitely feel that this second wave is starting to um be more prevalent in the younger younger ages um and it definitely for me it's definitely hitting home a lot more when I'm like oh I know between five to ten of my friends have had covid um so yeah I definitely agree with that and hopefully that means that you know, the whole population is starting to realise that this is something that we, we can't just keep putting up. Um, but Ollie, I don't know what you think about everything. <laughs> I think you've definitely raised some good points and I think that's one of the issues, I guess, is because it's it feels like it's been dealt with in a somewhat higgledy-piggledy way and that we've not had it sort of the plain sailing, like someone like New Zealand where they had it, got it under control and had a lot of time where life was as everyone keeps saying normal or as close to normal as that was and I think that's the issue that we're getting is it's never really been nailed down as under control we sort of had that month where it was eat out to help out but even then I think people were aware of like masks and certain jobs being told to work from home still where possible and I think that's one of the big issues we're getting now with compliance is it's a lot lower because at the end of the day people are so fed up um, or they're sort of thinking, well, as much as, I don't know if it's selfish, I think some people are thinking, oh, I just want to get through it. And I think with some people, it might just be desperation that they're thinking, well, I've not been able to see this many people, especially for people who live alone or whatever, that I think there's definitely fewer people. Um, I don't know. It's a, I feel it's a bit more Marmite, I guess. I think last time everyone was sort of a bit more afraid of it, but as people have become adjusted, there's the people who are, taking it really seriously and being quite worried about it and thinking we just need to be sensible about things and then people thinking well if we just get on with it then maybe it will go away and I guess the fact there's no sort of answer set in stone makes that so difficult I mean linking back sort of with me I know last time I was finishing my university degree so I think this time slightly um, less stressful in that I just I'm starting my new job as a mental health support worker tomorrow so that's essential work so at least I'll actually be able to see people I know I'm quite sociable as a person I think that was one of my issues which is sort of being uh, trapped away from the world um, for such a long time so I'll be excited to have that sort of occupy myself with um, and just obviously following the rules I'm going to be one of the people wearing masks nine to five sort of thing so that'll be fun hopefully I won't chafe my face too much but yeah I guess it's just a strange situation where everyone's sort of looking for this um, fairy tale ending and it doesn't feel like it's gonna come I don't know what you're feeling about that Molly not to sound too negative 
perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I really like um, your point about like it being mama. I think that re- is really like poignant because um, I think it's different. Um, COVID cases are different in different places and people are reacting differently in different places because um, while Harry was saying, you know, he, his area have gone into like full lockdown and like everywhere has, but they seem to be really t- treating it really seriously. My area, because I'm on the outskirts of Birmingham, um, they seem the first lockdown they were so worried and they were so like there's hardly any cars on the streets and the second lockdown it's like it's not even a lockdown for us it's like people are just doing what they were doing before lockdown which they shouldn't be um it's quite scary I think I've seen people in groups of like 15 the uh, earlier today and people are just going into each other's houses and it shouldn't be that way but it seems like people around my area are just kind of like oh it's the new way of life it's just how it's happening and it's a bit scary really um but I also think that maybe it might be because there might have been a fall in cases I'm not sure because um my uncle went into crisis the other day and we had to phone an ambulance and I've had to phone an ambulance before for crisis a couple of times and both times it I've been like waiting for hours because it's you know it's not put as um urgent and then I thought with my uncle it would take forever um so I phoned the police as well and it actually only took about two hours which probably sounds like a long time to some people but to um for uh, mental health I think it, it that's quite a quick time uh, time that he actually got the ambulance for so I think I was quite surprised at how because I thought because of Covid it would he would have been in A&E for like a, a day or two uh, you know just because of Covid and the stress on people um but yeah I think with the first lockdown I found it really hard to deal with I found it like um uh it was just such a change and I think with the second lockdown it's feeling as if oh it's just happening again I can go I went through it the first time I can do it the second time um I felt really super prepared because I was always thinking well there's going to be a second wave and people are saying that it's not going to happen but I'm always worst case scenario sort of person so I bought all my Christmas presents early um booked all my click and collect slots for groceries because <laughs> I'm a super organized person and with the first lockdown because it seemed to just happen all of a sudden um um I found I found the first month really scary and really worrying because I felt like I didn't have control of anything but because I could prepare for this lockdown even though um it happened quite all of a sudden I think I was still uh, prepared for it because I was expecting it to happen so um I'm, I was really organized for my well-being and my OCD because of my well-being and my OCD um but I think that with lockdown I've tried to use it to my advantage like with being organized um so I've done loads of things in the house, so like organising the house, um, just clearing out sections of the house that always bugged me, but I could never get to because I've been so busy. Um, yeah, so I think it's the second lockdown for four weeks. I think it's going to be easier um, for me, for myself, but for other people, I think it's going to be harder in some ways. Um, but I think it depends on the person. Yeah, definitely. So the it's almost like just touching on something Ollie mentioned about the the Marmite thing it's it's almost like a divided nation now slightly um so I think there's almost pros and cons of this second lockdown like you say Molly we're all a bit more used to it now and it's not come as so much as a of a shock um this second lockdown and I feel like a lot of the things we put in place during the first lockdown um will will be able to put in place for the second one um, especially for like people working from home and stuff that's not changed for a lot of people they've still been working from home throughout summer um, and they're continuing to work from home and things like that so less of a change um, but also I think that in the first lockdown we were possibly more united as a nation um, you know all the the zoom quizzes we were doing and and all the clapping for the NHS I know it's quite controversial but it's it's something that a lot of people came together to do different things. I know a lot of um, around by me, there was a lot of like treasure hunts that people had put out in the in the uh, like walks and paths around my house that kids could go and do with their families. The, there's like um, people were drawing with chalk on the streets and things like that, and it was a bit more united, I guess. Um, whereas this time it is, it's very very different. Like Molly said, her areas not really taking it very seriously and then um in in other areas like Harry's areas it, it needs to be taken a lot more seriously and is being taken more seriously um but how touching on what you said there Molly about 
sort of mental health issues how how does everyone else feel about mental well-being in this second lockdown do we think it will be easier to to you know monitor our mental health and things or because obviously a lot of people have gone a long time now without that proper support in place what impacts do we think this could have um, um Harry, well, do you want to start? Well, oh Molly you go <laughs> no sorry it's okay um I was just gonna say that during um the like the first lockdown um I found it really hard and um I found it quite hard to deal with it but then I think everyone who had mental health issues they started to further on in the lockdown they started to cope better they got their own way of coping I mean I started focusing on my fitness because I talked about it in oh in a different podcast that should be on soon um, but um, it really um, helps me to keep fit to keep energized and um, within the month I was kind of like trying to set up routines for exercise and um, that really boosted me and then I was also having uh, EMDR therapy which is really weird over the computer but I've actually ended the EMDR therapy now and I felt like it was it ended on a high and it's a real positive um, I think um, just trying to keep up your routine of everyday life would really help with your mental health and well-being because um, I think that's key I know um I know some I've said before that sometimes if I try and put myself into, into a routine um I can become quite addicted to that routine it has to be um in a set way and I can really struggle but at the same time um I try and just make a list and not stick to it um like like an OCD way of sticking to it but just be kind of like okay I've got to get up I'm not going to say what time I'm getting up but I've got to get up got to get dressed got to have a shower got to eat breakfast and then got to tidy the house the house and just those few things um listing it in the morning it just kind of gives me an idea to get up and get moving and just having a shower just helps a lot I find just going and having a shower and and washing your hair just simple things like that really help me um during lockdown because I found that lockdown's kind of been like um sometimes one of my lowest points when I've been ill with my mental health because when you're with, ill with your mental health you you're always stuck inside and I think that's what's been so hard for me it's kind of felt like I, I was just lying in bed again and I was just at my worst point again and um once I'd started putting into place um things like lists and things like oh okay I've got to try and have a shower I think that's when I started to realize okay we can get through this I don't know about what you guys think. Harry, do you want to go? Uh, yeah. Um, I think what happened, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I know for me, um, the first lockdown, like looking back on it, it felt like I because the world had stopped and because everything had stopped and I was still working from home and I um, was a peer support worker up until, uh, well, about three weeks ago now, where my job was obviously to speak about my past mental health experiences and um, help young people who are going through it now by sharing and, you know, helping them set goals and all that sort of stuff. So doing that working from home and then the add-on of um this feeling of being in a fishbowl where I didn't realize just how much I had kept myself busy to sort of avoid processing past issues and processing trauma and dealing with a lot of insecurities and a lot of um negative coping strategies and thinking styles that I had developed over the years I didn't realize just how much keeping busy had really stopped me from dealing with any of that until lockdown happened and it just felt like the fishbowl was getting smaller and smaller and smaller I was getting so paranoid um I thought everyone was against me even when like they were avidly saying they weren't like I was in a relationship at the time and um was completely in love but also thought that this person you know, didn't trust me. So I immediately didn't trust myself. And then I try and overcompensate. And um, my best friends at the time and my small group of friends, like even when they were trying to be nice to me, I didn't, I didn't think they were being genuine. And I was just getting so paranoid and so worked up. And it was all 
stemming from past things that you know up until like a couple of months ago I didn't I didn't have I didn't really have time to face and then when I hit a wall and had a complete breakdown I started going to therapy again and um but when I had a breakdown I literally stopped everything I was out of work I didn't have my phone on me for about two weeks I came off all social media and literally wiped everything clean and this like overwhelming sense of calm and stillness that came with it was something that really surprised me and shocked me and I think it was a really big realization of how I had never really wanted to be present I was always trying to think of the next thing and I was trying to move things on and if I wasn't doing that then I was even thinking about the past and um how the past could affect my present and it was like well this ended badly so uh, before so what me that means is that this current situation is going to end badly and then someone spoke about me like that before which means my current friend is going to talk that way about me and you know I was never ever present I was never just taking anything for the moment and was never really living I was just moving like a tornado and you know and tornadoes destroy everything in their path so for the last couple of months um I've been in therapy and therapy has helped but I also think I've done a lot of work myself. Uh, I'm very proud of myself for the work I've done about just remaining present and putting more positive things into my routine. Like I go for a bike ride nearly every morning now and do meditation every day. And, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. And I was always one of those people at work where I'd suggest it to kids and say, yeah, it's great. And fully knew it didn't work for me, but I just feel like I'm in a different place now. So in terms of mental health for this lockdown, I'm... I'm like 95% sure I'll be okay. I just know that I think the only 5% is just the anxiety of remembering how it was last time. But I'm confident in where I am now. I feel like a completely different person now. It feels like I explained it to a friend that it, when I sort of had this sense of stillness after my breakdown, it was like someone had come in and trashed your house and you was like, who the hell did all this and it just turned out to be yourself because that's how like manic everything felt and how um just out of control I felt and it wasn't really about controlling anything or anyone or any situation it was about me not having any control of where I was myself mentally like I just was not okay and I think lockdown was a massive factor in that because you know people in their 50s who have dealt with trauma continue for the rest of their life being busy and um, moving on and, you know, having families and having new jobs and all that sort of stuff. And then they stop during lockdown. And then all of a sudden they're thinking about things that happened to them 30 years ago. And I'm saying that because I know people in that age bracket and work with people in that age bracket um, with patients now in adult services where lockdown was a massive thing for them where they had the same experience of things they never want to think about just popped into their head because they had the time to kill you know and they didn't have things to do or places to be or people to see because we literally wasn't allowed so I think a lot of people have gone through a lot of stuff this year I think it's been a really transformative year but then on the positive side you know I've gone through that come out the other side and feel a lot more in control of myself and at uh, control of myself and a lot more at peace and a lot more aware of how to spot warning signs and just, you know, cope with that and move past that and maintain a good uh, routine like Molly was talking about. Um, so yeah, I guess that's where I'm at right now. Um, but I feel pretty positive and just, you know, really grounded and really present and thankful for what I do have and just trying to take each moment as it comes really, you know. I think- I'm sorry, Brian. No, I just, I think, um, sometimes, Harry, I just think it's amazing how well you articulate things because I think a lot of people who will listen to this podcast will just be like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And you've just articulated it so well because when you're saying all that stuff, I'm just like, well, yeah, that's exactly what it was like. And I think a lot of people will connect with that. I don't know about what you guys think, Brian or Lou, but I thought that was brilliant. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I just totally agree with what you said. This year has been, um, obviously, it's been quite traumatic for a lot of people in terms of you know losing loved ones and things like that but I think it has also made us all question things that we never thought we'd have to question and we spent so much time in our own in our own thoughts 
that we've realized things about ourselves that we might not have realized before. I, I know for myself, I've always labeled myself a control freak, um, but I didn't quite realize until literally everything was, you know, all your liberties are taken away from you, um, how much that would affect me. And in the first lockdown, it really significantly affected me for quite quite a while. But, um, you know, for the second lockdown, it, it, I think it affected me slightly because I, I prepared myself um, in, you know, mid-October when the talks were that we'd have that, that circuit breaker. Um, I kind of prepared myself for that, got all prepared. It didn't happen. And then two weeks later, it was sprung on us on Halloween that this, uh, that we were going into a second lockdown. So I think it did affect me slightly, but for a much shorter period of time. And I, I knew exactly why it was affecting me. And I almost expected it. I just needed that time to feel out of control and feel like my feelings were valid. And then, you know, but shortly after got through it and just moved forward so I definitely think it's made us all realize things about ourselves that we didn't realize before um I don't, Ollie I don't know how you're feeling about you know mental health and another lockdown and especially going into the winter I don't know how how that can make us feel Ollie yeah I um, think uh I guess I'll start by saying sort of everyone said some really good points there and I think it's interesting to sort of look at it both on this sort of micro and macro scale and comparing it I guess as to is are we getting similar effects last time are we having things where people have been able to um, benefit from sort of having to go through that hardship but then coming out with these sort of developed coping mechanisms or are people sort of getting that taste um, not really for freedom but that taste sort of for things being okay and then feeling that it gets pulled away from them um, and I guess I'm not trying to look at it in an entirely negative way I think I'm trying to sort of address there's definitely positives and um, negatives to this situation and I guess that you shouldn't be inclined to feel that you should feel either way uh, at the end of the day it sort of is a generational trauma and for some people they've been able to get through it and cope really well and for some people it's been a really big struggle and it will be again and that that's nothing um, no comment about anyone's character um, I guess linking into sort of second lockdown I guess one of my uh, thoughts was sort of um, seeing how it's going differently and I guess how the government has done things differently. I don't know things on uh, a massive scale, but I know hopefully what could have changed from last time. I know that I'm going into support work now, but I know last time uh, there have been quite a few restrictions in sort of mental health support work in terms of community workers I'm speaking of here. Um, and in some situations where people in dire need of this sort of home visitation were then denied from it and it increased uh, A&E visits. So hopefully that's some lessons we've learned from this time. And I guess looking uh, at this lockdown, um, for me, like I said, I guess I finished education this time. So I've got work to have, which I guess is a very different way, I guess a coping mechanism in a way, but um, I guess the advantage of this one is I'm sort of out there having that social contact adding in and I can feel like I'm sort of able to potentially make a, more of a difference. I know that's been spoken about potentially in other podcasts of sort of that feeling of being able to um, give back being something that can actually be quite beneficial to oneself um, I guess to raise just a couple of points in the area um, I know in terms of how it's differed from last time is that I think I feel bad for university students because I think having been one and then left um, it's looking a lot more of a challenge for I think for current ones especially the fact that they've sort of been lured into this trap of paying for rent and encourage that everything would be okay just to then have to pay for it all and be locked away in very sort of small confined areas and I guess you can sort of see why the compliance then might be lower for sort of staying in rooms following all these restrictions because it's been very authoritarian there's not really been much participation one of our favorite buzzwords uh, there's not been people haven't been given those choices or they've been smaller or like people who wouldn't have moved to university because of this have gone and now they're stuck there. I know recently in Manchester, there was the whole scandal where they tried to put up scaffolding and fencing to lock the students into the accommodation, which seems a little bit 1984 to me. Um, so I think, I guess with people getting frustrated and the stereotype of it being young people spreading it, I guess trying to put yourself in that uh, situation, I guess you could sort of see why people might feel less able to just rigidly obey this lockdown if they're 
outside of their support networks and their usual comfort zones. Um, I saw you came off mute, Bride. Did you have anything you wanted to add into that university side? I know you're a student. Yeah, a student in my third year. So um, possibly the most stressful year. Um, and yeah, just everything you said, it's, it's, it's really difficult when I know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm meant to say this, but I know for this lockdown, you weren't meant to move from your university to, you know, go home or go wherever. But in all honesty, staying at university for me wasn't an option. It would not be what I, I wouldn't be able to cope on my own with, um, you know, my I love my housemates to pieces, but they're they're not my family and then they're not, you know, my loved ones. So I made the decision to um, move to my boyfriend's university and I am currently in lockdown with him, um, which has been so much better for my mental health um and I, I don't think I could have done it if I if I didn't make that decision um but so I guess exactly what you said there I I shouldn't have according to what the government was saying um but I did to the police coming <laughs> to your front door <laughs> no please don't arrest me <laughs> but yeah so and it's just making those sensible decisions because you know I made that decision um because I knew that if I didn't I would be in a much worse position and could possibly be putting more strain on certain services and certain people. It wouldn't be fair on the people I lived with to have to you know, deal with me. So I made that decision sensibly. So I, I think I think it's it's yeah, it's talking about it all sensibly and thinking about it all sensibly and not to get too political, but <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone has their opinions on how it's been dealt with and how it should have been dealt with and things like that. Um, but I, I think it's just getting used to the new normal and um, yeah, making sensible decisions constantly with the, the idea of Corona in the back of your mind and just, yeah. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I think, like you were saying there, it's, it's sort of the dangers, I guess, of these restrictions uh, and the fact that we all know one size doesn't fit all. But because we were, I guess it's a sort of dodging, not being too political, but I guess just speaking the facts, as it were, uh, that we've seemed far less quick to react uh, as a nation compared to some of the others. And I think because of that, there's been more blanket rules. And like you've said, how like, for you technically, if you're going by the book or whatever, you should have done this, but you can't apply these rules in these sort of absolute ways and expect them to not create further problems for a lot of people. I know I mentioned like the restrictions of cutting down support workers saying, oh, we can't have them mingling households and then A&E numbers going up. And it's like, well, now we've not got enough hospital beds. So it's like, you can't have it both ways. I know another thing being sort of these restrictions being, I think people are still technically allowed um, to exercise now but the fact that um, people are still having to work alongside it and it's now winter time um, you've obviously got these sort of dangers and restrictions that come into play um, with the fact for example I know uh, women or vulnerable people who might have exercised usually uh, maybe after work and that would have been fine outside or gone to gyms if it had got dark at this time of year now it's sort of it's a choice of safety, I guess, because if you're restricted to a nine to five schedule after then get home and it's like, OK, it's pitch black outside. You're not there. You can't really go out with friends or in a running group. Uh, if you're in a darkish area, it suddenly becomes a big safety issue. And then that coping mechanism and as addition, that sort of element of self-care is then stripped away from your life. And there's not really been anything put into place to deal with these sort of, well, we're going to set these blanket rules, but we need to create these supports in order to allow it to function. So like you said, right, it's all well and good to say, no student's allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. Um, and then of course people aren't gonna follow it because at the end of the day, people have to look, you know yourself better than someone else does. And if that's gonna be better support for you, then that's good. But if there's some things in that, for example, like why is there a possibility that they could have introduced some sort of safe ways for exercising or other things like this, where there's these little issues where people are having to sort of compromise their self-care and their own health in order to sort of function for the good of the nation. And I think this has sort of been thrown around to sort of guilt trip people, but I'm a big believer in sort of your approach and the approach of being sensible 
and no, doing sort of balancing the two because at the moment it feels sort of if you disobey anything in the tiniest way then you're single-handedly responsible for the downfall of the country as it seems to have been thrown at young people not to be too cynical um but you have to look out for yourself in order to be able to look out for the people in order to like you said look out for those services like that sorry to have gone on a big ramble i don't know if you wanted to say anything different molly no it's just um when you were saying about um self-care and how with fitness and it's going into winter that resonated a lot with me because um it's quite hard being you know I'm a 19 year old girl who works out a lot I don't look bad you know so it can be a bit intimidating to go outside because I love to run but you know schedules and everything going outside and having to do it in the dark um it's scary you know I've had um times where I've had interactions on runs that haven't been very good because you know I don't live in the best area um and I think sometimes it is just that self-care side of it I find it quite hard to deal with um but I've I've dealt with it a bit more recently um having to I've tried to do it earlier so I've been getting up earlier to go for a run but yeah it was quite worrying for me um and you're also saying about university it's really surprising because um I've never thought I'd go to uni. I thought, oh, I really want to get a job and everything. But then I've turned 19. I'm really missing education, but I still want to work at the same time. And I think lockdown really put it into perspective. Okay, I want to do online uni. And I think um, without lockdown, I wouldn't have realised that, you know, there are different pathways into uni. And I think because um, there was my friends that were going off to uni and they were kind of being paying all this money into universities and they're kind of being robbed because you know you just sitting in your dorm room not really um experience anything else anything else and yeah. like you know um it doesn't seem fair so I've kind of like sat back and thought no I'm not going to uni this year and um I just applied to Arden University on a whim and I actually applied and I got in and I'm starting in January and I feel just so much more secure in, in you know this turbulent time knowing that okay no matter what happens no matter where I am I can just go online and I can do my uni course there and you know it's up to me but I did it I think it depends on the person because some people might not um, be able to do that because um, I know that I've um, taught myself a lot uh, with GCSEs because I had a really bad time at school so I kind of just stayed at home and taught myself a lot of my own content and that so I'm kind of used to that kind of lifestyle of teaching yourself and um, doing everything yourself because I enjoy that but other people they're probably um, you know it's social groups you know it's it's more than just education I, I think um, university is a whole package and, and while it might not be for me I think some people might really need that um, I think that's all I wanted to add on that if you go <laughs> sorry no no I think that was that was really good and I think going on to that I, I'd quite like to to finish this podcast with some sort of almost tips and tricks and something going forward that our listeners can can get out of it um so does anyone have any tips and tricks they want to share well I was saying about um routine um earlier so just um making lists really helped me so I'll just say that again um and I'd say get a focus because I remember I was like it was, it was like a month into lockdown the first lockdown and my mum came in and she was like right I'm sick of this I'm sick of me being stressed you being stressed because you know we live together and it um we really have an effect on each other and she could tell that I was so down and she said I'm getting a skip and we are doing the house and she we completely emptied the whole house and that was our focus and we've ripped out the kitchen we've done it all up um we've just redecorated the whole house we've had new windows and um well you don't need to go to that extreme because I always do everything in between extremes I'd just say just get a focus such as that that keeps your mind busy um because I know Harry was saying, you know, oh, um, you're kind of in that fishbowl of having to um, face thoughts. And while I've dealt with a lot of my thoughts, um, I still find that I get um, fixated on silly things. Um, well, that are silly to me, really, that still go around in your head, even just because you're anxious. Um, so keeping myself busy was um, something that I think really helped me. So just anything in the house that you find like organizing anything that you've wanted to do for a while just get it done I think that's all I'd say that really helped me yeah I think as well for me I'd say 
almost linking on that focus idea that you, you brought up, but like having something to look forward to. I know at the minute it feels like there's not much to look forward to because you can't really make plans and things like that. But I know for me right now, going into winter, everything's feeling a bit bleak. I feel like I'm constantly, obviously I'm in my third year of university, so I feel like I'm constantly staring at a computer screen and just everything just feels very grey in my life. So I'm making sure that I am counting down the days till Christmas. I'm putting on Christmas. I'm one of those people already, like <laughs> putting on Christmas films. I'm watching like um, Christmas TV programs. I'm listening to Christmas songs. I'm making hot chocolates all the time. I'm going to be baking Christmas related stuff, you know, eating my body weight in mince pies. Because I know for me, Christmas is one thing that regardless of where I am, um, I'm with my boyfriend at the minute so even if I'm not allowed to go home or you know worse comes to worse I will have him here and it's one thing that always just makes me feel really homely and like everything's going to be okay so that's what I'm doing um Harry what what's your tip to to keep going um I think my tip whoa there's like crazy feedback I don't know what to stop in there. Um, I'll carry on talking. My tip that I'd give to people in this lockdown is something that I try and play. I try and apply to myself like every day, to be quite honest, which is just being grateful for what I have. I know um, when you feel like everything's sort of against you, and I know a lot of people, myself included, you know, struggle with the idea of control. And, you know, a lot of the times it's not even in a malicious way or in a harmful way. It's almost like control out of fear and it's trying to control things because you think you're trying to avoid bad things from happening. And, you know, the more energy you put towards those bad things happening, the more likely they are to manifest themselves, you know, and then you sort of, you almost justify that anxiety by going, see, I was right to worry for all those months because this is what's happened. When, what I actually try and do now is just be grateful for what I do have around me. Um, you know, be grateful for basic things, be grateful for your health, be grateful for whatever family you have, whatever friends you have. Um, and, you know, and even if you've lost people in your lives, whether that's through death or whether that's through, you know, arguments or breakdowns in friendships or whatever, you know, you don't have to look back on those things with, a sour taste in your mouth you know you can be grateful that they happened and um I I'm just taking the standpoint of just because I can put love out there to people doesn't mean it has to be received and that's okay you know that's not um it's not my decision as to whether um people want to receive that or not but I can be grateful for good times I can be grateful for memories I can be grateful for where I am now I can be grateful that I'm in a job where I can help people throughout lockdown like I my job now is working with um, a social prescribing team that helps uh, vulnerable adults 18 to 75 with health conditions and we examine everything in their life that causes them stress and try and help out where we can so I'm grateful that I can do something like that and give back um so yeah I guess my tip really is to be grateful and uh, choose love and um you know try it and look for the positives when everything's sort of you know it feels like the world's caving in around us I'm very positive about the recent uh, election news in America I feel like I won't be shot on sight when I arrive at the airport <laughs> anymore um I'm grateful for the fact that you know COVID vaccines are being trialed and you know it feels like there's hope so you know it's not putting expectations on things but it's reminding yourself that there is hope and um in even right now even today even whoever's listening to this podcast whatever time of day it is if you're driving to work if you're chilling on an evening if it's first thing in the morning you know you can choose what mindset you want to be in for the rest of this day and when people ask me if I'm okay now what time of the day if it's the morning I'll say I'm okay this morning because I don't know what the afternoon will bring you know I don't know what the evening will bring I don't know if I'll struggle sleeping again but I take it sort of day by day section by section and really try and stay present. So that's my tip for everyone is staying present, being grateful and, you know, putting love out there. I think that's such a beautiful perspective to take. And it's so true, especially when everything is so unpredictable, just taking it moment by moment and being grateful for what you do have. Um, and I'm just going to say that I'm grateful that we still have the opportunity to be 
be part of this team and part of this group and creating this podcast in the first place. And I'm grateful to anyone listening. So, um, Ollie, what's your tip? Can I just you? also add that um, I'm also really grateful for Mariah Carey. That's all. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I feel like she'll be listening. All we want for Christmas is you. Thank you, Bryony. <laughs> you do the reason she's in the charts again. <laughs> yes, stream my Christmas song, Santa Tell Me by DNC on Spotify. Thank you. Bye. She doesn't need any more advertisement. <laughs> I was talking about my own Christmas song. How dare you? Oh, yours. Oh, my God. Yeah, plug it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ollie. I just needed to promo myself there. Carry That's on. That's fine. We always like a bit of self promo. Um, now, I guess uh, my tip. Um, I guess is on the similar lines of sort of being grateful but also to think of being kind to yourself and I think everyone now that it's been going on for so long the original sort of two or three weeks it was all well and good to say like oh yeah well do you know what it's been lockdown so I'm going to allow myself this and allow myself that but I think the more it's gone on the more this expectation is built that you should have adapted and you should be able to go on by now it's like well if this person's gone out and got a promotion this one one of my friends got a job one of my friends have just moved into a new house or that sort of thing I think people are then back into this position of holding themselves against these standards and it's just not particularly helpful and I guess um, I think one thing I can find helpful is sometimes instead of thinking of it as about you but thinking imagine you're speaking uh, to a friend and you're telling them this advice or you're speaking to a family you're speaking to someone outside of yourself even if you're just speaking to yourself in third person and trying to sort of give yourself a break and thinking, well, do you know what? Um, I might have only done four hours work today. And be- like last year, this time I would have done seven, but it's been a really hard year. And like, do you know what? Actually, like, let's say I'm speaking about myself being like, well, why? Um, like I might, for me, I might be like, oh, that's annoying. That's like everyone else has been able to adapt. Why have you not done it? But if I can say, well, actually, Oliver's had a hard year. He's finished his degree. And actually, the job plans he was meant to have had all fallen through because it was art stuff, which has been declared by the government a non-viable career, not to be political, um, <laughs> but also um, then going into sort of a recession. And actually, if you take these things into account, how it's affected you and your mood, you wouldn't then turn to one of your friends who'd had a similar difficult situation and say, yeah, do you know what? Just book up. You'd be nice. You'd be supportive. You'd say, it's OK to not be OK. And it's OK that you've had five months and it's been hit and miss and some have been good some's been bad and you don't have to feel guilty for still feeling like it's a struggle uh, and that's okay and that if you need help you don't always have to be the person helping other people I know I can be a bit of a compulsive helper um and sort of being like well actually let's let's think of other people like does let's ignore me for a sec like what what everyone else is going through other stuff and that's worse but trying to get out of that and think well actually there are you are allowed to be the one needs to reach out for support and um, I know like with the, the still Samaritans going <clears throat> I don't know if people have heard of Shout but they still have their um, 24 hour text line for sort of uh, similar service to Samaritans but over text um, there's all sorts of services out there that people would recommend to other people and you're allowed to use these yourselves you're allowed to say to your friends it's a bit rubbish uh, but equally you don't have to rely on people but say do you know what we've both had a really rubbish day let's just have a little rant about it and just get it off our chest and try not to think that you're obligated to feel happy um but you just sort of it's just getting by and that might just be how it is for a few months and that's and that's good and getting by is actually a really big achievement and people should be proud of that um, and proud of themselves for just doing whatever they can so I think that's it it's just keep on going keep doing what people are doing and remember to be nice to yourself I think that's a really really important message Ollie um so just to reiterate there's you know loads of resources out there for for you to use um Ollie mentioned Samaritans and um other call centers and apps and things um like Shout um there's also the headspace app which has been recommended for some good mindfulness stuff but we'll put a load of links down in the description for anyone who would like to access some help because remember it's okay to not be okay um so if you like today's podcast and wanted to know more or you know wanted to get involved um please feel free to con- contact us via our social media or our website um which will all be linked down in the description um 
So did anyone have any final thoughts? Did anyone want to finish with like a, a cute little positive thing or one piece of hopeful advice for the future? I thought we could all do something like, um, you know, it's Thanksgiving, like this is really American, like what we're thankful for, what Harry was saying, what we're all grateful for, like something that we're grateful for. So I'll start, because um, apparently we're definitely doing this now. You're, you've not got any choice. Um, I'm going to say that I'm grateful for mindfulness and just being mindful and being grateful for who I am and letting things be. Lovely. I'll go next. Um, just to say, um, I am grateful for my friends and my family and everyone that I have around me and you guys, you know, this group and keeping this this job going and being able to just come on to a podcast and talk talk about everything that's going on. Um, I'm just really, yeah, really grateful for all the people I have around me and my work colleagues slash friends and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for, um, you know, the ability in all of us to get creative. I've seen um, during lockdown on Twitter quite a few uh, people who have made like homemade like jewellery and uh, homemade pieces of art and homemade clothing and all that sort of thing and like you know starting up their own little businesses and it's all people our age and I just find it really inspiring and people showing off and feeling confident in their talents and people really responding to it and seeing this community of people who uplift each other and um, you know celebrate every achievement of really valid work you know Ollie touched on earlier how the arts is um, sometimes overlooked as a as a viable um job path but I'm really grateful that I've been able to witness and you know um help support small businesses and um lift people up I think everyone needs lifting up and you know if if people are creating amazing art and um you know things that are coming from such a genuine creative place and I think that needs to be celebrated I'm grateful for the ability to feel like I have some creative bones in my body um not saying I am all right Kerry but that comparison has been made before so <laughs> Um, I don't know why you're all laughing at that. Um, yeah, but as, apart from that joke, you know, the rest of it was a, a genuine sentiment. <laughs> I thought you were Victoria Beckham last time. I change. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a bit of a shapeshifter, as you know. I sometimes have a different name, a different face. Who knows? It's diverse. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's about diversity, <laughs> which I am also Ashley Banjo, the head of diversity, the dance troupe. Um, <laughs> uh, Ollie, what are you grateful for? Oh, um, I feel we've covered a lot of good ones there. Yeah, I guess um, grateful for positivity um, and all the good that is. I think it's been a roller coaster year, but I think. It's looking up and I think I'm very grateful for that and all the amazing people who've done bits to both in my life and everyone else's. And I guess just that people can be good. And I think sometimes it's hard when everything seems a bit rubbish, but I'm just grateful for all those selfless people and people are just going out there and doing their bit to make the world a better place. Ah, oh, lovely. I'm also going to add that I'm very grateful that we have chocolate. So, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Right, I think that's a wrap on today's podcast. Um, thank you all for listening and we hope you've enjoyed. Bye. 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 Bye.